The Department of Health acknowledges the Aboriginal people of the many traditional lands and language groups of Western Australia. It acknowledges the wisdom of Aboriginal elders both past and present and pays respect to Aboriginal communities of today. Whilst they're only tiny, mosquitoes are more than just serial pests. They can carry many dangerous diseases. Mosquito-borne viruses are transmitted to people through the bite of an infected mosquito. But the good news is there are always ways you can protect yourself. Recently, the Department of Health issued a public health alert to cover up and use repellent to avoid mosquito bites. The move comes as the risk of serious mosquito-borne disease across the state has increased significantly. I'm Paula Vos, and today I'm talking with Dr Andrew Jardine, Managing Scientist of Biological and Environmental Health Hazards with the Department of Health's Environmental Health Directorate. Dr Jardine has extensive experience in research, training, ecology, epidemiology, surveillance and management of mosquito-borne diseases. Welcome, Dr Andrew Jardine. Thanks very much for having me, Paula. Let's begin. What led you to your interest in mosquitoes? Yeah, it was a bit of a serendipitous moment, I guess, really. Um, I don't think anyone sort of at school sits down and thinks, I want to be a mosquito uh, expert. It's a bit of a niche area. Um, But yeah, I just did a general public health degree at university, um, Bachelor of Health Science, that could have led in any direction, epidemiology or um, health promotion or advocacy or anywhere like that, and didn't really have much of an idea of what I wanted to do at the end. Um, and there was Nonna's project pathway available, so I thought I would do that just to see where that leads and, and get a bit more experience in, in doing a deeper dive into some research work. Um, and I remember looking at the book of projects and it all looked a bit dry. There was a lot of data analysis and, and literature review work and some of the other maybe more interesting projects had already been snapped up. So I went and saw the honours coordinator and said, yeah, I'm keen to do honours, but nothing really grabbed me out of the projects available. And the timing was just perfect because she said, well, we had a new professor who's just come in the last uh, few weeks and he's got a bit of grant funding to do some work. And he said, is there any honours students available who might be interested to go up to Kananurra and and catch mosquitoes as part of a honours project looking at uh, dry season Um, mosquito-borne disease risks around the Old River Irrigation Area there. So didn't have to ask me twice. I said, that sounds better than a data analysis. Um, uh, Put me on the plane. So flew up there and, and yeah, it was quite an interesting project. Spent two, three weeks up um, driving around in the irrigation area, setting traps within the irrigation area, looking for larval mosquito in the waterways up there as well. And then compared that to the outside regions, which, of course, in um, August when I was there, I think I looked at the weather uh, history. It had never rained in Kununurra in August the whole month. It's just dry, so dry. But, of course, with the the dam and the irrigation area, that's water there all year round now, which there wouldn't have been in the past. So we were looking at the man-made influence on the mosquito-borne disease risk up there and showed that there was a lot of disease-carrying mosquitoes around in the dry season um, in that irrigation area, which explained why we were seeing... Uh, disease cases at that time of year also so yeah that sort of piqued the interest in in mosquito work and after I finished that honours project still didn't really quite know what I wanted to do but my supervisor convinced me to stay on and do a PhD um, which was on Ross River virus risk in the Wheatbelt region of WA and looking at um, dry land salinity and the influence that it had on mosquito um, ecology and and potentially for disease risk also because the main disease carrying mosquito in the southwest is a very salt tolerant species which we see along the coast obviously with the seawater and tidal activity but in the inland areas of WA 
in the past there'd been more freshwater breeding species and there are some that are um, disease carrying but a lot of the other freshwater species are perhaps lower risk but what we found is this disease carrying species that likes the salt um, water and, and can tolerate far beyond any other um, invertebrate if highly saline that this is higher than salt water these dry land salinity areas and it was just there in, in big big numbers because there was no predators to to reduce it and so that was yeah an interesting project um, that I did and then finished that uh, tried doing research for a bit wasn't really my uh, life dream to be a researcher I found um, so ended up doing a master's of applied epi which was probably a bit backwards doing a master's after the PhD but it did lead me down an interesting pathway and I worked in um, Sydney for a couple of years and in Brisbane and in communicable disease epidemiology which uh, was interesting but then found myself back in Perth WA boys so I grew up here and wanted to settle down here um, and ended up back in mosquitoes working for WA Health in the medical entomology program. And then uh, worked in that for a while, did a few different parts in the health department, including uh, most recently on the COVID response for two and a half years, which was an interesting journey. But once that all wrapped up, found myself back in mosquitoes again. It has a way of drawing you back in, I think. And, <laughs> and here we are. And is it developing? Do you think that there's more and more um, viruses or are we detecting more viruses? It, it goes in waves. It is an epidemic disease. Some years will be very quiet. Um, so, And some years, like we have currently, it, it is very, very active. Um, but the big change that we've had in the last uh, 12 to 18 months has been the introduction of Japanese encephalitis into Australia. And, and we've had recent detections in in our animals in WA, thankfully no uh, human cases of Japanese encephalitis yet, but that has been a, a, a big change because um, that hasn't been in Australia or particularly it hasn't been in WA before. Yeah, so we're talking, seeing that um, that we've seen the highest in more than a decade. So the level of mosquito-borne virus activity in Western Australia is changing. And what factors have led to that? Yeah, so it's definitely been the highest in a decade in the north of WA around the flavivirus activity. So flavivirus is a family of virus that includes Murray Valley encephalitis, includes this new um, Japanese encephalitis, uh, West Nile's Kunjun virus that we have here as well. And those three viruses, and there are other flaviviruses also that are less important for from a human aspect, but they really do come and go in these strong epidemics we see about every 10 to 15 years, um, which we're going through currently. And there's a lot of factors that drive that. Clearly, yes, um, climate is a big one. So significant rainfall across wide areas, which we've had this year. We had three La Nina climate um, episodes back-to-back, um, which has been a big driver. We had the flooding through the, the um, central Kimberley region and rainfall consistently down through the Pilbara. Um, but also it just takes time. There's uh, immunity of hosts. So hosts for those viruses are generally water birds. And so... Once you have a big outbreak, a lot of the hosts become immune, so you won't see activity um, for, for a little while after that until you get population turnover and eventually you'll have a, a population that's not immune because they haven't seen that virus before. And so it's that confluence of events, your non-immune, large non-immune host population, lots of water around, lots of mosquito breeding. It all comes together into a, an intense virus cycle um, that spills over into the human population, which is what's occurred this year. So up in uh, the northwest, is there still a lot of flooding? Is that where the mosquitoes are breeding? Yeah, so there was a lot. Obviously, there was the floods, um, significant flooding that occurred in January around the Fitzroy Valley. Um, but, you know, it's the monsoon wet season up in the north, so every year you're going to get um, rainfall through the Kimberley. It was much more intense this year. But the rainfall came further south than normal as also this year. There was the tail of the um, cyclone that went through the Pilbara 
uh, not too long ago now that added extra water around. So it's just been that that um, you know, confluence of, of climate activity and monsoonal rainfall that's come further south on top of um, the virus activity that was already there and just amplified it significantly this year. So that's where the mosquitoes are breeding? Yeah, that's right. So they'll breed in the water um, anywhere in stagnant water, really. Um, and once you've got such widespread areas of water, and of course, water brings the water birds in. And so when you've got the mosquitoes and water birds in close proximity, that amplifies the virus cycle also. And so tell me some of the diseases that mosquitoes can carry and are carrying now in WA. Yeah, so there's two main families of viruses. The flaviviruses that I talked about that are uh, most active in the north. And then we have alpha viruses, which includes Ross River virus that I'm sure everyone's heard of, and Barmer Forest virus. And they're, they're active around the whole of Australia and the whole of WA. Um, and they're more of a concern in the southwest because we don't really see flaviviruses activity in the south, south part of WA, um, but Ross River can certainly occur anywhere. And what about the JE and MVE that uh, you spoke about earlier? Um, WA Health is looking at giving out warnings mm. at the moment. Yes, well, that's right. We've had significant activity of uh, particularly Murray Valley encephalitis, uh, that was first detected back in early February uh, in the Sentinel Chicken Program that we run. Uh, so there's 21 flocks located um, at various locations across WA. Um, and that was detected first up in the Kimberley. And that then was came evident that it was quite widespread across the Kimberley and then into the Pilbara and then uh, even further south into the Midwest regions also um, and even into the Wheatbelt. So flaviviruses just have been very widespread. Um, and we've put lots of warnings out around protecting from mosquitoes um, because the, the virus risk is there. And that has been borne out that we have had uh, a few cases of Murray Valley encephalitis this year, including tragically a death of a young child or so. So the risk is real. And what are we looking for in these viruses? I mean, they they are serious. Yeah, they can potentially be very serious, as, as has been demonstrated this year. This is for the flaviviruses. Um, that can result in significant um, long-term um, brain damage or, uh, and even potentially leading to death. It, it's only in a small percentage of cases that have these encephalitic symptoms, encephalitic meaning swelling on the brain. Um, so for the majority of people who would be infected, perhaps wouldn't even know they've been infected, very mild symptoms, but just in some individuals, it does cause this swelling on the brain and that's a medical emergency um, that you don't want to take the risk um, of that happening to you. It's just not worth it. It's it's really important to protect yourself against mosquitoes. So we are encouraging people to be vigilant about the mosquito-borne diseases and take precautions. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and you know the family of alpha viruses I talked about, particularly Ross River virus, that isn't fatal, but it's certainly not something that you'd want to catch either. And we see lots of cases of those over a thousand years in some years of Ross River virus. So that, that is quite prevalent. And for some people that can significantly impact on their on their lives. It, it's characterised by long chronic fatigue, muscle joint pain, difficult to get out of bed. It can impact on work, life, family, everything like that. So that is another disease that you definitely don't want to get either um, and why you should always protect yourself from mosquitoes no matter where you are in WA. Yeah, so there's uh, no vaccine for MVE. So what are some of the symptoms we need to watch out for so we can get some medical help? Yeah, so any time it's around that, that swelling on the brain, any symptoms of that which would include a strong headache, uh, a bit of confusion perhaps if people aren't making sense when they're talking, um, 
you know, it, it could be similar um, symptoms to other things like a stroke, but anything like that. When someone seems confused, a strong headache, if they don't normally get headaches, if they normally get migraines, maybe it's that. But even then, it's worth getting checked out. Go to the doctor immediately because the quicker you can get medical attention, the quicker they can alleviate that swelling on the brain before it causes serious damage. And particularly in children, children uh, can be more susceptible. So anytime there's floppiness, tiredness, um, just lethargy or complaining of a strong headache, go straight to an emergency department. And the mosquito bite may have healed. Uh, this could be weeks down the track we're talking. Potentially, yeah. Usually um, it'd be a few days, but in some people it could be longer. So, yeah, if, if there has been a suspected mosquito bite, that would raise your suspicion more. But it's hard to remember sometimes, particularly if you're out and about, if you're camping, um, you, children may not remember it. So any time there's that, that headache, and uh, that could be a, a symptom of, of having swelling on the brain, it, yeah, it would definitely just go get it checked out. It might be nothing, but it's better to be safe than sorry. Absolutely. And while we can get medical attention for it, there are no cures for mosquito-borne diseases. Um, is money being invested into research on this? Yeah, there, there is. Um, most of the mosquito-borne diseases in Australia are really unique to our Australian region. So there's not the same level of funding input um, internationally that there are for other diseases that, that um, are in other countries. But there's certainly um, work that's always ongoing, research into, into Ross River virus and the flaviviruses and looking at ways that can be uh, potentially building some vaccines, but it is difficult to get that um, research funding to a level that will fund it because it's you know, Australia's a relatively small population and we've got a lot of competing health risks. And there is an easy way to, um, to prevent these infections by just avoiding getting bitten um, in some way. So maybe that's why there's less uh, funding put in as well. And JE, um, there is a vaccine, but it, for there's a worldwide shortage of it. So we are rolling it out, but um, are delegating it to uh, postcodes that are more susceptible to mosquito bites with JE. Yes, that's right. That's right. So, I mean, JE's been around for a long time in... Um, the Southeast Asian region and obviously people who have been traveling would have had vaccinations in the past um, and that was the only groups that needed it in Australia was, was travelers so we only had a small quantity of vaccine on hand um, but now that it's of course a risk across Australia it's not just in WA there's been cases over east uh, right down through into Victoria so there's a national rollout happening and, and there's only so much to go around so it has to be prioritized into those highest risk areas which at the moment in WA is the northern regions. And so the other specific programs aimed at improving our efforts to detect and warn people about the risk of mosquito-borne diseases in WA what is uh, WA Health doing? Yeah, so I mentioned the Sentinel Chicken Program that we have. So we've got these chicken flocks that sit around um, at 21 locations across the across the state. And so that's an alert system, isn't that's, it? That's an early warning system, yeah. So the blood is sampled from those chickens on, on a fortnightly basis, sent down to us here in Perth, tested at Pathwest, and they're looking for antibodies to these flaviviruses. And so... We replace the chickens uh, yearly and there'll be um, new chickens that will be non-immune to these viruses. And once, uh, obviously, they get bitten by a mosquito, get infected and then develop antibodies to the viruses, we're able to detect those antibodies. And because they bled regularly, you're able to determine this time they didn't have the antibodies, this time they did. So in that last two-week period, clearly they've been infected by the virus. And why do they use chickens? Uh, chickens are used because they mount a good antibody response. Uh, it doesn't 
impact on the chickens at all. They're fine. They don't get sick. Um, and also they're an easy domestic flock that are easy to look after. And also they don't develop enough virus in their blood that if they're bitten by a mosquito, they would reinfect a mosquito. So they're not contributing to the transmission cycle, if you like. It's not adding to the risk of, of virus transmission. And what can people do living or visiting um, the regions and what well, let's discuss the regions that are are affected what can they do to minimize their risk of being bitten yeah and and the first thing is certainly don't get worried about it you can still go traveling not suggesting that people shouldn't do anything like that but it's just having the back of your mind that there's mosquitoes there you know and that you can take a few simple steps to protect yourself um, repellent being the easiest one just carrying around some repellent and making sure it's a repellent with the good active ingredients that are known to be effective. And they're usually the ones you'll find on the supermarket shelf. Uh, they'll contain DEET is the main one. Might smell a little bit funny. Everyone knows that strong smell that it has, um, but that is proven to be effective. Um, the, there is picaridin as an active ingredient in some mosquito repellents that has a slightly nicer smell. Some people prefer that and that's fine to use as well. Uh, oil of lemon eucalyptus is another active ingredient in some brands. But we definitely recommend sticking to the known brands you buy from the supermarket with these active ingredients rather than sort of homemade or, or something you might find at the Fremantle markets or mosquito bands or any of these uh, other marketed things, citronella oil, that don't really provide much protection. Um, so, and think about repellent like you would sunscreen. You know, you would reapply that if you're out in the sun for a long period of time. So if you're out exposed to mosquitoes for a long period of time, you do need to reapply it. It's not just to put it on once and, and set and forget thing. Take it with you, carry it around, particularly with kids. Um, uh, with kids, making sure you read the label. Uh, it's not appropriate for infants, but there are child um, formulations available for, for older kids. Um, and just making sure it's reapplied on them, reapplied on yourself for as long as you're out and about with the mosquitoes. And then other simple things like long, loose-fitting clothing, uh, light-coloured particularly. Mosquitoes seem to prefer darker colours. So just keep your skin covered up as much as you can. It can be hard, obviously, in, in the northern regions when it's hot, um, but the less exposed skin there is to bite and any exposed skin um, have repellent on you and they should keep the mosquitoes at bay. So even though we're seeing JE and, and MVE in the Kimberley and the Pilbara, um, we should be doing it right across the state because of the other yeah. mosquito-borne viruses, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, summer is always the highest risk season when the mosquitoes are most active and the virus is uh, most active also. But it's when we get rosterovirus cases all year round, so it's there's never a, a, a no-risk season. There can be a bit of a lower risk, but it's just a good habit to get into. If the, I mean, no one likes getting bitten by mosquitoes anyway, I guess. No. Even if there's no <laughs> risk, it's itchy and they're uncomfortable. Um, so it's just good have it in the back of the car, have it in a bag if you're going any for a picnic or anything like that. Throw the repellent in and wear it because, yeah, there, there's always potential that that one mosquito bite that got you is the one that was carrying virus. Yeah. Now, I imagine the information about the mosquito-borne viruses is continually evolving how can western australia stay informed about the latest facts yeah so we're always putting out information as it comes to hand uh, as the risk changes uh, so in the form of media releases updating our website there's also the social media uh, that the w health does to spread the message about when um, and where the risks are so just keep across those messages obviously it'll be uh, reported in the media when there's high risks or if there's uh, new cases that come up of these serious diseases um, so just keep an eye on on the um, 
information that comes out from the department and, and we'll keep people informed. Because the department, apart from the Sentinel Chicken Program, you're also trapping mosquitoes and, and constantly um, looking at various mosquitoes from different regions. Mm. That's right. We have a regular surveillance program that occurs in the southwest of the state, so we can put out warnings around the Ross River when that's detected in the mosquitoes. Um, and then, yeah, we also are doing a lot of trapping up north um, in the Kimberley region in particular at the moment. We've done some trapping through the Pilbara also, testing all those mosquitoes to see what viruses they're carrying. And we're working with um, feral pig operators to do some sampling around that because they're one of the um, known hosts for this Japanese encephalitis. So we're able to test samples from pigs to see if they're carrying blood as, um, uh, antibodies as well. So the fact that uh, JE's here, um, will it remain in WA? It's likely. Now that it's here, it's probably going to remain um, as an endemic, which means it's it's always there in the background, similar to MVE in, in that, because it can be carried by mosquito vectors that are here, mosquito species. But I think what we'll see, like MVE, it'll be in low levels for, for a period of time, um, and then we'll see um, outbreaks occur on, hopefully, a relatively infrequent basis. Um, but that's sort of yet to be seen, given it's only been in the last six to 12 months that it's it's been around. So we'll have to watch, watch what happens, but we'll keep that surveillance system going so that we can uh, monitor its progress. Andrew, it's been a pleasure spending time with you today. Thanks for talking to us to promote awareness and education in the community about all things mosquitoes and how we can protect ourselves. So take your repellent everywhere. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you very much, Paula.